came a long way. That's what the songs say. And I could do all things. I could do all things. Yeah, I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. We came a long way. That's what the songs say. And I could do all Hey, what's up? What's going on? And welcome to the Be Real Podcast, where we keep it real on social issues, history, news, faith, and everything in between. It's your one-stop podcast with thought-provoking talk and real content. Now, it's time to get real with your host, Brandon Mosley. You already know what I'm going to tell you. Swag out. Uh, I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what the songs say. You can do all things. Yeah, yeah. That's what the songs say. I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. What is going on? I'm your host, Brandon Mosley. Welcome back to the Be Real podcast. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up again. Once again, I'm on a request and ask very kindly if you can go ahead and hit me with a five-star review and make sure uh, you share and let people know where you're getting your podcast fix. Um, I think the last episode was really important, and this next one I think is uh, equally important. Uh, we have a lot of important things to talk about. Uh, before we do all those things, don't forget to recognize that even those things that seem impossible are possible. So everything seems impossible until you actually get it done. When you're looking back, smiling and looking at your progress. So so stay positive. But with that being said, uh, we just celebrated. And, and I don't want to say celebrated. We just recognized um, fair payday, which was, I believe, March 24th this year. And that's the date that represents how long it takes for women to even out um, their pay with men from the year prior. So the pay year ended December. Women just caught up in March, the end of March to be exact. So it takes additional almost four months to even out. Um, for some groups, it takes a little longer. Other groups of women, and we'll talk about that um, another time down the road in this episode. But it's it's kind of crazy to think about that we're still fighting this fight for equal pay, right? Um, we're still fighting the fight for equality. We're still fighting the fight um, for people to, to be able to feel empowered and feel like this is also their home, right? So with that being said, I, I mean, I have a quick story. And this story is about, you know, fair pay with for, for myself, actually. Back in the day, when I was a young whippersnapper, when I was, uh, I was about you know, 18, and I became one of the uh, part of the management team at Domino's Pizza. Yes, I, I, uh, I worked at Domino's. I was that guy. And um, I was, you know, in college, just, you know, it was my first semester. Or it might have been actually right before I started college. But anyways, I'm working hard, right? I would um, come back to town where I was from. Um, I worked in Riverside, actually, and worked went to school in L.A., so I would come back on the weekends and work there. Um, come back Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Work those days. And um, like I was like the weekend 
warrior manager, I guess. But anyways, I worked really hard. I opened the store and usually worked, you know, eight, 12 hours a day, um, normally over 12. And I, I, thought, I, I thought I was doing a really good job personally. I remember I was talking to this um, young lady that also did the same exact, exact job that I did. And um, I think I was getting paid. I think minimum wage was like six seventy five at the time. And I might've been getting paid maybe a dollar to $2 over. I can't remember. It might've been getting paid. Like I might've been getting paid $8. Maybe that's a big, maybe. And, um, she was getting paid like $2 more than me. And she just started. They, she can't, she used to work at, at Domino's or Papa John's or something like that. I don't know. Um, the pizza wars. Right. And, um, they brought her in. She, she actually, um, worked less hours, but we did the same job. And I was just like devastated. I was like, we do the same job and I've been here longer than you. Why? How, how did that happen? Right. And I wasn't mad at her. I was just mad at the the management. So I talked to the manager. I was like, oh, she negotiated that pay with me. So that's why. I was like, I didn't know you could negotiate pay. What? Right. And um, I think about that because, you know, women deal with that all the time. And I'm just an 18 year old kid. And I didn't have, I mean, granted, I was paying for college myself and paying for a car note and all these other things. So I was stressing all those things, but I was still young. I mean, that not a big deal. But imagine this happens all the time to women when they find out that they're the, they're getting paid less than their coworker for doing the same work, and they're probably working twice as hard sometimes, right? Um. So that f- moment, and that I don't know, like just the feeling of disrespect, um, really, really hit home for me. But but the crazy thing is that African-American males also are a part of that um, fair pay issue because there's a, there's a gap between black men and white men, 89 cents on the dollar. Um, so, I mean, it's realistic. It's what happens in this world. But I was just, I had to take a step back. I was like, oh my God. I ended up leaving the job um, maybe less than a month later. Went on to Nordstrom's to bigger and better things, better pay, greener pastures at that time. But that's how it was. So I can only imagine being a single mom and you find out you're getting paid less than a male coworker who started after you doing the same job. That's beyond just being a little upset. That's beyond, you know, feeling a little disrespectful. That that's taken away from your your children. That's taken away from your 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 livelihood. That's that's doing some real damage. So we're going to talk about the history, um, what it looks like, what it means in terms of the pay gap, and um, is there anything we can do to fix it? So uh, stay tuned.
get into it. Let's get into it. So what's what is the actual pay gap? When I say what is the pay gap, not like the actual numbers, but what does it mean? Right. It's the disparity between um, men and women. Right. Doing the same job. Normally white men versus women in general. Um, getting paid different amounts for doing same or similar work. And and here's the deal. The, the idea of the pay gap has always been an issue and concern in American history. I mean, from the very beginning of the country's finding founding, it was never the idea that women would work or would have the same rights as men. I mean, it took until the turn of the century, really 1920 for the 19th amendment to find itself giving women the right to vote. So this is not a new issue, right? It's, it's been around since this inception of this country. So married women um, would stay home. Bottom line. That's just what it was. You're going to be a, a housewife and you wouldn't hold a job. Um, but something happens. The 1920s come around. The world becomes a little more free, a little bit more loose um, in terms of freedom. You have people moving to the city. You have more job opportunities. Things are changing. Um, although married women, women would still not in bulk have jobs. Um, the exception were actually married black women because out of just sheer poverty, they were working, right? Because their husbands were actually experiencing the pay gap in their lives as well. So guess what? They needed to work as well. But for most white women, they didn't work. Didn't work in the 1920s, at least married ones. But the single women, all the single ladies out there, was leaving the rural areas and coming to the city to have a, a, a some freedom, right? To be able to live on their own, which at that time was against social norms and people would look at you as um, someone who lacked really good morals, right? Um, if you're a young lady living on your own or living with a, a group of friends um, and, you know, move to the city, it's a problem. Sounds like a show, uh, maybe uh, Sex in the City. But uh, but really, that's what it was. That's what that, that was the issue. Right. Um, and here's the deal. There was a whole new crop of jobs popping up for him. So a lot of the jobs ended up being. Um, outside of just being teachers, social workers that are nurses, librarians that are historically women held jobs and textile jobs. Um, they started working in corporate offices. Right. Being typists filing clerks, uh, things of that nature. Right. And we find them literally taking on a secretary role. So they find themselves being stenographers and all those things. Right. Um, but here's the deal. Even in the workplace, they still didn't receive that respect. They didn't, they weren't seen as people who were looking for careers. Um, Henry Ford said this, I pay our women well, so they can dress attractively and get married. So he was simply just saying that these women are here to find what husbands at the end of the day. 
And once they find husbands, they retire to the house for good. Right. Um, so here's the, there were so many different restrictions, like women couldn't work at night. So they, that nine to five was serious, right? They had to leave out the door before there were, uh, the lack of sunlight, right. For their safety, they couldn't carry a certain amount of weight. Like I think like five or 10 pounds. Right. So that meant they couldn't even be a, a mail carrier. So the first mail carrier, um, that was a woman didn't have until 1957. So you got all these things happening, right? Um, that was restricting the type of work that women could do. But something happened in the 40s. We went to war. And because we went to war, we found ourselves with open jobs. And we needed, needed to hire someone. Who did they hire? Women. So in the aviation industry alone, the highest growth and change um, they ended up hiring more than 310,000 women. They worked in the U.S. Um, aircraft industry. That, that was in 1943. They represented 65% of the industry total workforce. So pretty big deal because prior to war, they only represented about 1% of those um, employed. So the U.S. government started to recruit women heavily to even work in the munition um, industry as well. So they, they needed these employees. So um, it was a crucial time that we needed needed someone to fill the gap, right? The gap, of course. But here's the deal. There was a gap in their pay as well. The gap was they're only getting paid about 50% that they were giving men, right? They did such a great job and you just knew they were going to be taken care of. That's the falsehood. As soon as men got back, they're encouraged to quit their jobs. So for those uh, people who are in Congress saying there is no real pay gap, that it is being um, falsified, or for some reason you, you think we're exaggerating the fact because it would just make sense if that's the case, then you'll hire all women, so forth and so on. Um, why didn't they do that after World War II then? They're paying women half what they're paying men. But instead of making the smart business move, as you, you said that, you know, that would happen if that was the case. They told women to pack up so we can pay men double to probably to maybe do uh, an inferior job. I don't know. I'm not, you know, not here to discuss that. So. We have to understand that it wasn't just about pay. It's about a, a society thing, a social order, right? A hierarchy. Um, but with that being said, in, in 1942, the, the National War Labor Board endorsed the policy to provide equal pay for women uh, who directly replace male employees. Right. That's what they wanted to do. So with that being said, you had a bunch of women in the workplace. So what what was going on? So listen to this video real quick. Yes, women workers do present problems, Joe. It's tough, I know, but there are thousands of others, just like you all over the country, facing the same problems. Pretty generally, you'll all find about the same answers. Let's see. Most of them are working on their first industrial jobs, Joe. It's a totally unfamiliar world.
You see, they're not naturally familiar with mechanical principles nor machines. On the other hand, if a span flam is wanted, that single right-handed providing the pressing puncture is adjusted to the conch front of 37 and 2 eighths. Is that clear? I know, Joe. When uh, breaking in any new worker, and uh, of course, especially a woman, you've got to explain every angle of the process down to the last detail. And since most of them lack mechanical background, you, you've got to study every job and subdivide it into simple operating steps. Women workers don't mind routine, repetitive work, and they're particularly good on work that requires high finger dexterity or uh, an unusual sense of accuracy. Mary, you're supposed to wear a cap when working near a drill press. Well, why pick on me? The other girls aren't wearing their caps. Look, the rule book says wear a safety cap. So put your cap on. There. Mary, your hair was just about two inches away from the spill chuck. And that's why we ask you to wear a cap so that your hair don't get caught. Oh, gee, I... You see, rules are here to protect you and the other girls working around you. Oh, gee, I saw some of the other girls and they weren't wearing any that's caps. right, but they're not working with machines. They just sit at the bench and assemble things. Nothing dangerous to them or the people nearby. You know, I never thought of it that way before. You have your cap with you, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it. What? What in the world did we just listen to? They just literally said, in so many words, treat women like children. They don't get it. This was a management training video. This was a video to help those men who were managing women to be able to, I don't know, manage them. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like I'm a lost, I'm lost for words because it just kind of shows you how far gone in terms of like sensibility American society was at that time. Right. They don't mind repetitive work and they are really good with jobs with that needs detail or high finger dexterity. Yeah. Yeah. So you understand some of that, that attitude in terms of, Oh, you you know, women are going to complain and they're harder to deal with and so forth and so on. Um, that is rooted from way back then. That's still, that's still in the workplace today, right? It's still happening now. Um, so every time I kind of think about that era for some reason, I think of the movie A League of Their Own. The, you know, the idea of women coming in, taking over the jobs of men to keep things going. I just think of that, that movie. I mean, you know, we're all for one, one, one for all. We're all American, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna sing it. I'm not. I can't. Nah, I can't do it. But y'all know. You know what the movie, what movie I'm talking about with Tom Hanks? That's a classic. I just think about that. I just do. Um, and all the stuff they were going going through it, you know, on those bus rides and stuff like that. 
Great movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. So listen. Another thing that we have going on at the time um, is with this newfound freedom, that's more money, more opportunities, um, more buying power. So the economy starts to what? Grow because of the buying power. Um, and and what we see um, is we have women in certain positions that are seeing this lack of pay, this fair pay. So Winifred uh, Stanley, a Republican from New York in 1944, she had a bill entitled uh, Prohibiting Discrimination in Pay on Account of Sex. Uh, that bill never stood a chance. It did not make it out of Congress at all. Right. So we fast forward to 1963. We have a young progressive president, John F. Kennedy, and he ends up signing before his death, because he dies in, in 63, the Equal Pay Act, which prohibit employees, um, employers, I'm sorry, from paying male and female workers different wages um, for doing the same or similar job. There were loopholes, seniority, which obviously a lot of times men at that time would have the seniority uh, because they were, you know, possibly there during the war times or I'm sorry, after the war and things of that nature, but that's okay. That's, that's one thing that's objective. All right. Another thing's merit, which could be very much subjective. If your management is the one doing the, let's say the yearly review, they're going to tell you how they feel personally. If it's not, you know, a numbers job, like a sales job or something to that nature, there's always a way to subjectively say, I think you're doing a poorer job than Tom here. So Tom's going to get the raise. And at that time when, when president Kennedy signed the, the bill in 63, women were getting paid 60 cents on the dollar of men. It's a, so very horrible. Right. Um, and the next step was the 64, Civil Rights Act. And for some reason, a lot of times people think that that act was all about just African-Americans and that sometimes they tie it in with the 65 Voting Rights Act. But if you understand the march and what we talked about prior in other episodes, that was a a big labor march, had a lot of labor unions there that helped finance that. And it was all about really equality and, and opportunities for job placement and job pay. So that that bill extended those protections um, to all races, all color and and also all gender as well. So it helped support that very cause. Um, And after that, you know, we we keep moving forward. We get to the 70s and the new movement is the late 70s, early 80s is comparable worth saying that. There are certain jobs that have similar skills and responsibilities and education that might not be the exact same industry or even the same job, but they need similar education, similar responsibilities. So because of that, they should get what the same pay. But what we notice and and, and what was noticed at the time that certain jobs have a legacy of lower pay and those jobs were like clerical work, service workers, nurses, teachers, which was historically 
um, occupied by women and BIPOC people of color, right? Black and indigenous people of color. And because of that, that even though these jobs, some of them like educators and nurses have, um, you know, master degrees and things of that nature, they're not receiving the same pay that they would in other industries. And the reason why is because historically they were held by oppressed people. I'm counting women a part of that oppressed people, right? Um, by minorities. And Carter, our president, President Carter, his chair of uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission said that was going to be the issue of the 80s. So that's what the issue that Carter um, could have possibly tackled. This is also the same Carter that was thinking about picking a African-American woman as his vice president as well. So, I mean, this is this is going to be a progressive, you know, next four years if he would have won. Obviously, if you know history, um, Reagan came in and, and kind of blew him out the water. Not kind of, he, he just blew him out the water. All right, it was bad. It was real bad. So what does Reagan say about this? He says, this is Mickey Mouse, cocky Maney, um idea. And with that being said, he said it will destroy the basis of free enterprise. So it's going to destroy it. And you notice that's always the excuse when people ask for equality. It's going to destroy the economy. Help ask for some form of support. It's going to destroy the economy. No, you just the economy. That's it's not. That's not capitalism. Oh, huh? Sorry. Right. Um, a lot of what we do is not capitalism. Not what Adam Smith will call it. Right. We live in a mixed economy. Bottom line: public schools, public uh, law enforcement. It's not capitalism. It's not. All right. So that was going to be what was going to that was going to be tackled. Imagine if that would have happened. How much different life would it be would be today for BIPOC and for women, right? So what what happens is we this this isn't really touched again until Obama comes into office. So nine days after his inauguration, he signs the Lily a Ledbetter Fair Pay Act. And and she was someone who sued her, her company and, and got a really big settlement. And that company kept pushing it, kept pushing this law, um, this case all the way to the Supreme Court because they said she she filed too late. You know, she complained about her pay too late, 180 after 180 days. So the Supreme Court 5-4 decision ruled and said, you know, this is something that Congress needs to take care of. But yes. It is what it is. We have to revoke. I think it was like two, two and a half million or three million dollars, uh, something of that nature. So they extended that 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 deadline, and Obama did that his first nine days. All right. So the the next question is like, so what is what does what does the, this gap look like today? So today, women are earning about eighty two cents on a dollar, right? White women earn close to 79 cents. Asian women and Pacific Islander women earn 85 cents on a dollar. All right. Um, the worst off are black women and Latinos and, and uh, Native Americans. So we have black women 
at 63 cents a, a dollar. Latinx or Latinas earn 55 cents on a dollar compared to white men. And Native American women earn 60 cents, right? So you ask yourself, why, why is there such a difference between those different, different groups of women? Because we, we call that the matrix of oppression, right? At the end of the day, if you are combining more than one set of minorities, remember a minority isn't about numbers. It's all about power, opportunities, and access. That's what makes a, a minority. South Africa had more black South Africans in you know, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but who were being treated like the minority? The South African, black African Africans, because they didn't have power over their destiny. They have access or opportunity, right? to resources to live a better life. So that's what a minority is. So if you're a woman and you're a woman of color, then if you're a woman of color and also to be also be like maybe disabled or be part of LGBTQ plus any of those type of groups, you're adding different layers of oppression that you have to deal with, with, with your identity, right? However you identify those are different layers, right? And with that systemic, um, side of racism, that's where you see different groups of women getting paid less for doing the same job. It gets worse, right? So I believe African-American women uh, pay fair payday is somewhere in somewhere in August, right? So that, that, that lets you know how far um, behind we are. And what we see um, in studies is that the real issue isn't just women in terms of pay, it's women who have children. So they're receiving a penalty penalty because they are bearing children at the end of the day. So we see that single women without children pay are, it's much closer to men. We're talking about maybe five to 10 cents off, right? Um, but women with children, that's where the gap happens. That's where it really hurts. And when you think about it, if women have children, right? Of course that they do. That's one thing that makes them totally different than us men. We, we can't, we don't have to worry about the idea of having children and how that affects us, right? Um, women do. And, and with that being said, um, even if you go back to work, the average cost for um, daycare in America ranges from seven to $1,000 a month for a kid that's under three years old. And imagine this, most of the people who are really affected in terms of their job um, during COVID has been women. Women have in dis disproportionate numbers been affected in terms of quitting their jobs or taking time off completely because they have to be the primary what provider of, of care for their children at the end of the day. Um, so what we see is there is no federally backed, maternity maternity leave right and even if we do that maternity leave would just say okay women can take time off only which will still put them behind the eight ball because when they're getting hired that's in the back of the head of the hiring manager they're going to end up taking some time off and if if we're halfway decent you know do six months federally uh you know which would be very nice giving women at least six months off that's going to be in the back of the hiring manager job, uh, mine. So what some countries do, they have a user lose it where men have to actually take it as well 
um, where they're going to lose that time. So they, they get the equal amount of time as their, their spouse, their wife. Right. So if we did that, that could even the playing field a little bit more, right? That they both will have to take that time off. Could be separate times. Husband takes the first six months or the wife takes the first six months and vice versa, right? That could help quite a bit. Um, but what we find out is it's difficult because socially we're, we're, we're kind of taught that women take the primary role in, you know, caring for children. That's why they, they're at most of the meetings. That's why they're helping with the homework. That's why they're, they're, they're helping, um, staying at home and teaching and things of that nature. Right. Cause that's culturally what's acceptable. And what we find out that because of this, this, this drop, when you look at women pay, when they first get out, like, you know, they're looking at women who receive their MBA, they're getting paid 10 to $15,000 less a year, but it's really close in terms of, of men pay. But that drops dramatically once they reach their late 20s and early and early early to mid 30s, because those are prime years to have children for women. So they have their their child and they either have to take a long period of time off, which it's not federally backed. So which means they're not going to get paid for it um, unless they have an amazing job that, you know, give gives them time to use their PTO for it. You <laughs> Right. Right. So with all that being said, that time that they take off affects their yearly review, which then affects what their rage, their, their wages, right. For even, even find themselves getting a raise or not on top of all that. Now, since they're a primary caregiver for their child, they're not going to be able to work late nights, right? They're not going to be able to stay all the time or go, you know, fly out of town, right. For a week because they have to be home with their children. So that changes the dynamics of really merit-based um, raises and also merit-based promotions. Because if you're not there to prove that you can work harder and better than someone, what can you do? And you're, you're in a place where you have to, you have to take care of your child, right? I watched the news this week and there was a, a teacher from LA Unified and she's, she's talking about, you know, I can't go back to work because I, you know, because they're calling teachers back to the classroom in that district I can't go back because I have a child that stays that has to stay at home. Um, and I made arrangements for the remaining of the remaining part of the year for me to take care of them instead of a daycare and, and daycares aren't taking certain kids or I'm not feeling comfortable doing that right now. So she was at a point was saying that if I can't find some way to remedy this by either staying home or the district does something, I have to quit my job. That's a reality in America today that women are being placed in a position where they have to quit their jobs and their livelihood to just be a mother. Right. Um, And that's where that, that pay gap really hits home. That's what's happening. So that lets us know that women need support in terms of daycare because paying $700,000 a month, it's 12 grand a year. It's a lot of money. Then on top of all that, um, not receiving any time off federally backed time off paid time off. That's not dipping into your own personal PTO is necessary. 
right? And we're not talking about three weeks, six weeks. I mean, many major countries are doing a year for both parents. We can't get six months in. We can't. We can't get six months in. Think about that. Um, and honestly, there's no easy answer in this. Um, legislation definitely is needed to guarantee um, that these things are occurring and happening, but it's going to take a lot of work and having people in, in those power positions to be real with themselves and go out there and fight for working class women who are in need of that support. At the end of the day, that's what's needed. Legislation to help them. Welcome to another Be Inspired moment. Now, I want to use a quote from Rosa Parks. This is still Women History Month. And her quote says this. You must never be fearful about what you are doing when it is right. And a lot of times when you're going in the right direction, you are going to face opposition. It's going to happen. You're going to sometimes feel fearful about where you're going because it's going opposite of where you see so many people are heading. And the the thing about trying to make or force change you're literally telling people their way is wrong and that's where the fear can creep in because the fear is the backlash the fear is being isolated the fear is being hurt losing out right and here's the deal no matter what it looks like no matter what people may say, you continue to do what's right and you're going to be okay. My final thought today is that there's so much that just needs to be done that we have to have a mindset. If someone is experiencing mistreatment, injustice, that in the same token, we all are experiencing it then because as a collective that women should not worry about if they're being paid equal for they for the work they put in. That's a basic human right. That's the 14th Amendment, right? We all have equal protection under the law. And simply put. That includes in the workplace as well. And with that being said, I truly hope that we can make enough noise that we can see this change in the next year or less. We have the, uh, I believe, a president and a vice president and people in Congress right now that's willing to do it. At this point, we just need to put pen to paper and get the legislation done. So with that being said, there's no bad days, only bad moments. You decide. Decide to have a good day. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We came a long way. That's what the song said. And I could do all things. I could do all things. Yeah, I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. We came a long way. That's what the song said. And I